0: Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I am here today with David Henderson. who yep um david you preached on sunday on philippians the first sermon in the series citizens from another, another realm. realm of, of another or realm. from of. <laughs> of. yes okay yeah. thank you of. both work yeah <laughs> um from philippians so we started in philippians it was an overview of Philippians kind of focus a little bit on the first couple of verses in chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I really appreciated as we just jump in, um, the description of Philippi as mm, thank a you. little Rome. I um, did not have that background. And so thinking about that, helped me to think about um being a christian in this world
1: yeah i thought and it was fun because i was aware of that but i started kind of following some hunches and pursuing it a little further where might that show up and where would you see it in inscriptions and in temples okay. and architectural style and more and more i was confirmed in in that um you know it is really remarkable to see the extent to which it's kind of a a copy of of Rome in so many ways or seeks to be
0: yeah yeah yes which brought up the tension of um that every part of my life I'm just reading from my notes every part of my life should reflect that I am a citizen of heaven um and you brought out verse 27 live in a manner worthy Mm. of your calling and then from chapter three, verse twenty, our citizenship is in heaven.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that one twenty-seven that you mentioned the the actual Greek says, "Live out your citizenship in a way that is worthy of your calling." And yeah, so that's yeah. that idea of our being citizens of another realm is very um, compelling. Again, is against the backdrop of this little Rome where Paul's writing in the midst of the Greek world.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a part of the Sunday morning community group. That meets after the nine o'clock mm-hmm. service, and so we did talk about that question mm-hmm. of um, what is the hardest thing about living as a Christian in our non-Christian world, and where do you feel that tension the most? Um, and I was trying to remember; I didn't take notes while I was in in that group, and I so I was trying to remember what our discussion was, and all I could remember was my answer, which was, which <laughs> is. Um, It feels like it's it can be such a there's such a pull to the extremes, right? Mm -hmm. Either I'm pulled to the extreme of um of of leaving this world and separating myself from this world, or I am pulled to the extreme of, you know, to pull out an old testament example of Lot in Sodom and just like quietly being disturbed by what's happening around me but fully participating. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I and so like being pulled to those extremes but we don't want to be at either extreme. Yeah.
1: And Michelle, you just put your finger on what I think is 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 at the heart of so much of our tension and trying to figure out what our witness looks like going forward. And I'll be opening this up, but it's really fun because, um, you know, what what we human beings love to do is to say, well, which is it? Which should it be? Mm-hmm. And as is so often the case biblically, the the answer is found in an affirmation of both at the same time. And it's been really interesting for me, like even during the conversations we've been having in the church about how do you talk about politics or race issues or that kind of stuff? Um, It's interesting that people are asking the question when we talk about love, does that mean that we're compromising when we are talking about biblical truth? Does that mean we have the prerogative to abandon love? And I think you know, more and more if we can think in terms of these are my beliefs and I'm bold about them and I'm unbending and they are biblically grounded and I walk into the world holding those as a humble and broken person seeking to be gracious in the manner in which I engage the world and live out a life of love. And I think it's it's that tension that is so hard. It's the, it's the both and,
0: mm-hmm. where we
1: wanna go, wow, it's hard. And that's exactly right, it's hard.
0: Yeah, and you asked people to send in their responses to this question. So what kind yep. of responses did you get?
1: Wow, what a feast. I, I just spent much of the morning going through and, uh, sort of categorizing responses, we had over 70 people respond, which was such an encouragement to me. It just felt like we were having a conversation, which I love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and um, and the answers were so honest. And in, in that, because of that, so helpful to give us a sense of what, where will it be helpful to have our conversation? So just to give you a sense of um, kind of how I categorized it, the main headings were the first one being, the culture clash between two worlds. And probably the number one response is just, they're two completely different ways of making sense of the world. How do we even begin a conversation with that being true? Mm -hmm. And then uh, on top of that, uh, that's coupled for some the particular concern of a loss of Christian cultural influence and and the antipathy of the world towards us as Christians that we are viewed negatively. Then a a second one is exactly what you shared um, this in the world, but not of it. How do I live here, but not lose sight of there? And how do I be a distinctive person from there living here? And um, so the the whole pressure to conform, the temptation to compromise and the temptation to isolate, all three of those kind of came out. So that was another really big uh, area that people were very honest about. Again, Mm -hmm. I was so blessed by that. And then talking about some especially challenging settings that surface. This is hard in work, this is hard in, in at school, this is hard in a marriage, if we have spouses that have different views or looking for a spouse who would share our views. And it's really hard in parenting. And then I appreciated one person acknowledged that the internet and social media is just kind of a disaster for these conversations, but, uh, <laughs> That's but, but so that- yeah, it's really true. So then then the next category, and I, I know I'm just blurring past all of this, so feel free to go back to any of you want to, but is is brokenness without and within. And there are a lot of people who make comments mm. about the depth of the world's brokenness and just how, you know, it isn't just a difference of perspective, but there's a brokenness that we all carry into this world. But then we all carry that brokenness into the church and the depth of the church's brokenness and some of the way that ways that we are our own worst. Um message in the culture and then and then that culminated in a number of people really framing in the central question which is so given the communication challenges given this clash of worldviews and not even having anything in the way of common ground in terms of a starting point what would it look like to find an approach that is both faithful and effective Mm -hmm. Uh, How do I be true to God, but how do I also not be a bridge burner as I have conversations with the world? Um, So just really rich insights.
0: Those are all great questions. Yeah. I I jotted down a couple of things, um, but yeah, I couldn't even begin to to interact with a whole lot of it. But the, the con, the temptation to conform and the temptation to compromise, I, that I really resonate with that. You know, it brings to mind, uh, Romans 12, one and mm-hmm. two, right. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, um, it's, it is so easy to conform to the pattern of this world.
1: It is it is and, yeah. and again uh, you know i think that you know that willingness for us to just be weird i did it as christians mm-hmm. according from the perspective of the world i did a series using the phrase uh from first peter that talks about it was one translation that talks about us being a holy nation of um people belonging to god one early translation is a peculiar people mm-hmm. and and we should be peculiar there the, there should be something about us that causes people to say, what is it about you? I want that. But if we're really living faithfully to Christ, there's going to be at least some reaction people, even the people who are drawn to us, who kind of raise one eyebrow and go, "Um, I don't get your life. Why do you live in the way you do? Um, There's just going to be a little bit of that Mm -hmm. uh, sense of our having landed from Mars. and maybe a little bit of the experience that some people have when they encounter the Amish and go, "I." there's some gap between how you see the world and how I see the world that I don't understand
0: yeah yeah and it's um it is challenging that brokenness without the brokenness within Mm. that is also um yeah oh
1: yeah and Michelle these I mean I'm sorry I interrupted you go ahead
0: Well, well, I mean, I just was going to say, it just is, it's like, it just is, it just grieves me to think about how broken the world is and how broken we are and, and yet how crazy it is that God chooses to love us and to be with us in that brokenness.
1: Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. You know, if we think of this as this is about strategy and methodology, then we will become full of ourselves and will alienate the world. But if we understand that this is about miracle and mystery, the miracle of God having crashed into my own life with grace for no good reason, apart from his kindness mm. and his having done this work of transforming me and, and shaping me more and more and more and more over into the likeness of Christ. And then the mystery of God bridging these two worlds. It's not me coming up with this particularly um, compelling argument that's going to turn someone's eye to suddenly see this invisible world. Mm
0: -hmm. It's God
1: opening people's eyes. We just get, we just, you know, the word evangelism just means telling the good news. We just to keep, we get to keep saying what's true and God gets to be the one who goes around and goes bing and just as he did with us and brings our hearts alive to the truth of who he is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and back to, under, well, I guess one way to kind of wrap our minds around this truth of that God is with us in our brokenness of um, being transformed and the renewing of our mind. One way to do that is by memorizing the Bible, right? And so one of the things that you've asked for us to do is to listen to or read through mm. Philippians yep. once a day. If not, if we can't do it once a day, then once this week. Right.
1: And particularly this week, I was hoping that we would just really all kind of plunge into the deep end together, have a yeah. pool party in Philippians.
0: <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's a little chilly for a pool party. But
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we could all fly to Florida together and have a pool party in Philippians.
0: There we go. <laughs> um, well, I have to admit that I have not yet. Like I have, I have high hopes of, of getting to that tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't yet listened to Philippians. Um, one of the, the great ways to get a hold of an audio version, if you are wanting to listen is through the version app, mm-hmm. um, Y-O-U version, and it's an app that can go on your phone whether it's an Android or an iPhone, and they have like so many different translations and a lot of them have audio that you can listen to. Wow,
1: that's a great. I wasn't aware of that resource, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, um, so.
1: Yeah, and Michelle, I, I would also say, and I, I think I kind of flew past this, but reading out loud mm-hmm. a translation is so much more engaging for you. You keep you, you pay better attention when you're reading it out loud, but you hear it differently. You hear it as a conversation that it's really meant to be. Also, you know, we've got a lot of people who've got foreign language backgrounds. Uh, reading it in another translation is great because it also is something where you just hear uh, different emphases, different themes come through. And uh, mm-hmm. even if you bumble your way through it, that can be a really effective way of hearing it differently.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, so many times I hear people say, you need to speak the truth to yourself out loud because then you'll listen to it. Mm, Right. And so that is, that is true with God's truth as well.
1: Yeah. And Michelle, you just, you just used kind of a phrase that this guy named Evagrius, the guy, the guy who invented the seven deadly sins, he started out with Mm -hmm. eight of them and they got whittled down later. But um, Evagrius was the one who said something like, Uh, When you sin, um, one half of yourself should speak the truth to the other half of yourself. Hmm. And if we have memorized scripture, then we are prepared to do that in the moment, not temptation coming to compromise in the world. And then we think, oh, there's something about that somewhere in the Bible. But boom, you know, in comes the word that invites us to joy or, you know, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, you know, and so on, you know, and ah, thank you, Lord, by your spirit. Mm-hmm. It become, When we memorize scripture, it's a tool we put in the spirit of God's hands to speak mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. um, in apt and timely ways.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And you just quoted uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 6, starting with right. verse 6. Uh, one of the other ones that I've memorized from Philippians is, I think it's chapter 2. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't do so well with the references. <laughs> um do everything without complaining or grumbling so that you may shine right. like stars in the mm. in the universe I think it's yeah and um yeah I'm because I'm always tempted to, to to grumble and complain this isn't going my way this doesn't yeah. right. this you know
1: And and I think what's really, yeah, right. Yeah, we all, yeah, we all have that same temptation. I think part of what's fascinating about that, and it gets to kind of where this sermon series goes and some of these comments went, finding an approach to living out a distinctive Christian life in this other world that's both faithful and effective. I think part of Paul's intent there is to talk about our evangelism. And we don't think about grumbling and complaining as as having anything to do with evangelism. Mm -hmm. And we often grumble and complain about the world around us. Um, And how fascinating to think of how, how do I receive a broken and fallen world as gift? How do I view it Mm. through eyes of love instead of grumbling and complaining? We've lost our footing in our culture and, and so on. But um, yeah, I think those, those are things that can undermine or um, our witness and.
0: Mm. uh, Yeah. 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 And, and how much more do we stand out when we choose to receive the broken world as a gift.
1: Oh man, yes.
0: Rather than grumbling and complaining.
1: Yes. Which again is not to say here's that tension we talked about at the beginning of this, which isn't to say I throw overboard my moral critique that's biblically grounded of what's wrong in the world. There's a ton that's horribly wrong in the world. Mm-hmm. But that isn't the thing that defines the basis, the footing on which I approach the world, and uh, which is a, and and that's where we get. The two things melded together that we need to hold separately and Mm. we'll be exploring that more as we go further along in this series
0: Mm. yes and one of the analogies you used was the earth what is the most important Mm. thing about the earth you know and then you know it got me thinking like what is the most important thing about the earth and then it was like, oh wait, no, it's not the earth, it's the sun. That is our relationship with the sun is the most important thing about the earth. And that was, yeah, that was just very thought-provoking. Mm-hmm.
1: But the, the place that analogy came from, I've been working for uh, a few years on a book called Inverted Flight, at least that's how I'm naming it right now. That's <laughs> all about, the glory of God and his call for us to live a life of humility. And more and more, I was noticing this dynamic that when, when we are humbled, God, it's, there's this joining of reputations that when we are humble, God is glorified. He's exalted as we diminish ourselves. And I was beginning to think about this, but there's this kind of coupling dynamic of, of reputation joined together and it, it just started me thinking down this path of, whoa, that really is the defining. We, we should always be thinking about ourselves first in terms of what our relationship is with God. You know, it's interesting. There are a lot of conversations. It's very popular now to talk about identity yeah. as Christians. And, and I've just become convinced we cannot, the, the, the smallest we can boil down any notion of identity is three words me in some way related to or defined by god it, it, it's not something that resides in me it's not that i'm gifted or that i'm whatever it's i'm gifted by god i've created by god i belong to god i was purchased by god i'm loved by god you know it's that and and the same becomes true when you talk about calling the same becomes true when you talk about peace and joy you know all every part of those truest things of all about us
0: mm-hmm.
1: have to in some way have a preposition and God in the in the most boiled down version of that and that's what's so striking in paul he never talks about himself independently of god hmm. paul a slave of christ
0: hmm.
1: paul uh Made new in Christ, Paul, the chief of sinners, which is about his relationship with God. You know, it's um, he always defines himself um, with God in view, and then mm-hmm. he always calls those he writes to do the same. Hmm. I can never see the person opposite me. I mean, I, a lot of people, I have a dear friend, Danny Sharp, um, who, who has walked through the last few years with the experiment of trying to see every person as an image bearer of God person he sits next to um in line to to get his blood pressure taken or the the person who uh rings him up at the grocery store or whatever um and it's so fun to hear the transformation of that way of thinking and yeah so all yeah. those are kind of connected yeah, yeah. influences that shape that that fundamental idea that i can never just think of myself in isolation is always me in relationship to god right right yeah Hmm.